Good Pinpoint Players, Tim and Rambo here with the Pinpoint Player Podcast. We're jumping in to the second part of Season 5's intro, where we talk about the new Super Mario Brothers movie. The first episode, we covered the old one. Rambo and I watched the old one and discussed it. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. But now we're jumping into the second phase of this season, which is we're going to be talking about a lot of Nintendo things and... One of the newest Nintendo things that we'd like to cover is this Untitled Mario film. Yes, the Untitled Mario film, it says it's scheduled to be released on April 7th, 2023, roughly 30 years after the first one. And again, if you didn't hear listen to the first episode, give yourself a favor, do yourself a favor and go listen to it right now. But as Tim said, we're here to continue this conversation and we're kind of going to give our thoughts. This one is less research focus and more just kind of our thoughts on the on the decision of the make a new Mario movie and I have not gonna lie ever since they announced they were making it and Chris Pratt's gonna be Mario I've had mixed feelings about the whole thing because I mean I looked at the cast list when I was researching this earlier and it's clearly a star power move like Mm -hmm. I think they're hoping that all these actors you know a-listers and everything will kind of get people Get their butts into the seats to watch this movie, and I think that's... That's the exact expression I was thinking of when you were struggling to say. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what that was, but I just... I'm not really jiving with uh, most of the cast list. It's not like I don't like any of these actors necessarily. It's just... I don't know. It just feels like... I guess I'm skeptical. I feel like this is more cash grabby just based on the star power names alone, because the original one in 93, were they considered A-listers by the day? Um, so, no. I I thought so. They weren't really, uh, so, like, I guess the one A-lister in that troupe was Dennis Hopper, which we were still baffled. Dude, actually, no. Do you remember we were talking about how they tried to get Dennis Hopper? It's like, how did they land Dennis Hopper in this movie? Why is Dennis Hopper in this movie? Yeah. I sent you a link. Yeah, no. Did you you catch the video? Yeah, no, I saw the video. It was a late night with, um, was it Conan? Yeah. It was Conan. So I sent Rambo a video on YouTube with Late Night and Conan. Dennis Hopper appears as a guest. And Conan O'Brien goes through uh, his filmography with Dennis Hopper. And he says, one film in particular uh, jumped out at me, but I was just curious. Is there any movies in your history that you know you, you kind of just did or you, know, you feel a little bit of regret for doing? And Dennis Hopper immediately jumps in and goes... There was one film in the early 90s. It was called The Super Mario Brothers, and the audience erupts with uh, applause. And uh, he had sat down, I guess, recently from that interview with his son or his daughter, I forget. His child, his offspring. Yes. (laughs) And they watch the movie together, and the kid turns to him and goes, So, Dad, why did you do this movie? And Dennis Hopper said... To pay for your shoes. Dennis Hopper's child goes, I don't need shoes that badly. <laughs> and when I saw that, I had the same sentiment. Like, unless Dennis Hopper was paid a dumb amount of money, that movie could have tanked his career. It could have, like, led him down to, like, a bad spiral of just being typecast into bad movies. I mean, it's just interesting because around the same time, he did Speed with uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And then there was, like, one other, like, somewhat well-known actor. Um, I want to say it was Jeff Daniels. We went and double-checked the cast list. So Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, Sandra Bullock, Joe Morton, if anybody knows who that is, and Jeff Daniels. So, and this movie was in 94, so this would have been a year after Mario movie. So it's just, it's such interesting roles. And we said this in the first one, 
that Hopper's character, King Koopa, kind of felt like watching him play Austin Powers, the way, or it's not Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, with the way he talked, his mannerisms. And I just felt like I'm watching a really crappy version of Austin Powers. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if Mike Myers was like stoned out of his gourd, watched the Super Mario Brothers movie and was just like, wait, wait a tick, wait a tick, I know, I can do this and I can do it better. And, you know. Dr. Evil was born. Yeah, but, but, but shifting gears back to the new movie. Yeah. So, again, it's the old movie, I guess, didn't rely on star power. It just relied on the Mario franchise. But yeah. I almost wonder if today they have to rely on star power. because, And it's not because the Mario franchise, nobody knows about it. Even after all these years, it's still play. They still produce games. There's still toys. There's theme park stuff. So it makes me kind of confused that uh, I, I guess maybe they're capitalizing a little bit on the brand kind of getting a little bit more life into it lately because I did read a little bit more. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto started putting the movie together when he was... I think Nintendo started seeing that when they started releasing their early Mario games on the Nintendo Virtual Console. I assume they were just getting a lot of sales and maybe it made them think, huh, people still really like playing Mario. We should try capitalizing this and making a movie. And I guess I don't begrudge them for making a movie provided they do it right. I'm kind of mixed about the cast list because I guess for the biggest reason is Chris Pratt is Mario. Star-Lord, and that guy from uh, Parks and Rec. I just don't see him as Mario at all. Like I don't understand that casting. I mean, first of all, it's an animated movie, so just have the voice actor that played Mario be Mario in the movie. I agree. The, the, the voice that we've always heard, always heard, like, growing up. You know, it's a me, Mario. It's like, that's the voice I want to hear, and I might seem like a, just a complete traditionalist for not even giving Chris Pratt or anybody else a try, but that's Mario, and... We should just leave it as such, because, I don't know, it's it's a video game franchise where the character doesn't even say that many lines. Like, why did we need a new voice actor to play Mario? I guess that's my confusion there. I mean, Chris, so Charles Martinet, the guy that voices Mario, he is actually going to be in the Mario movie. But it says here in the wiki, Charles Martinet voices Mario and other various characters in the franchise will also appear in undisclosed cameo roles, which, who knows what that means. Now, the rest of the cast list... Um, some of them I don't mind. I mean, I'm kind of eager to see Charlie Day as Luigi. I feel like I can only think of him as from Always Sunny. So if he talks like Charlie Day from um, Always Sunny as Luigi, I feel like that could be kind of funny. They probably won't. Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. I don't have anything against that because she's a good actress. I've seen her in Queen's Gambit. She played in Emma. So, like, she's proven herself as an actress. I guess it's just where I'm coming from is all these characters don't really talk a whole lot in their perspective games, so it's just interesting that there was a lot of emphasis on them being in the movie as star power because we played the Mario games growing up. They talk, but not a whole lot. Yeah, that's what I'm a little bit upset about. From my standpoint, uh, you know, Mario doesn't is not a dialogue-heavy game. It's a, it's a text-heavy game. You know, you get to Toad and... He's telling you something urgent, but he's not telling it to you. You're reading what you have to do. Let me ask and you a question. He, yeah, what's up? Did you watch the TV series in the 80s and 90s? A little bit. I did too. Like, there was the weird live-action beginning and end, and then there was that animated part in the middle. I never cared for the live-action part, even as a kid, but the animated part I kind of liked from time to time. And I think in that there was a, a little bit more dialogue as far as their characters go, but, I mean, it was like, what, 10 minutes... Yeah, it, it, was like a, it was a 10-minute short. Same with, um, uh, do you remember Rugrats? Do you remember? Yeah, of course. 
So it was a half hour program, but there are two episodes. Yeah, like each one was. Like I want 10 to 12 minutes. And exactly, then. and then you had the commercials and you're back. Yeah, right. I remember. That's what the, the animated the series. Not the animated series. That's what the live action series was. It was essentially, you know, there was a problem and they took care of it, you know, in live action. And then once the, you know, story got to its like medium arc, they'd do a break. And that break would be a cartoon, you know, and they you know watch the cartoon for a little bit, and then they come back and go, all right, guys, now that we're back, and blah blah blah, blah and they'd solve, you know, go the rest of the episode with solving it, and then they have that horrible, horrible end credits song. Swing your arms <laughs> from side to, to the side. Mario dance, just like this. <laughs> and for anybody curious, just type in. Mario TV Show 90s credits. You understand what we're talking about? He stumbles at the very end. Yeah, it so it looks like it was probably done in one take. And he, was done in one take. and he just wanted to be done with it. They wanted to be done with it. So the series only lasted one episode, one season. It didn't run very long. Wait, so that was it? One season? That was it. Okay. There was nothing else after that. So the production was low budget. Uh, the animation was you know, shoddy at best. And then the crew were just, they were just disgusted with the project. So they were just like, all right, we're done. We don't have to do anything else with this. We're <laughs> We've got this in our credits. That's awesome. Let's find another, let's find more work. Let's turn and burn this next show. So I just want to taper back a little bit because uh, you brought up an interesting point with how Nintendo started with the original film in 1993 and their hesitance. Like, why are they doing this? What's going on? Uh, from the movie onwards, if you guys remember watching or listening to our first episode, if you guys haven't done that, it's our third time reminding you, you really should go listen <laughs> to it. But we mentioned that they had hesitancy releasing rights to their IPs because it was an American... Pr- uh, it, we, 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 we cover it in the first episode, so you should probably go listen to it. But they wanted Mario to have this experiment because they thought Mario would be strong enough to stand up on its own. And they gave complete creative control to the filmmakers. Which was a mistake. Which was a mistake mistake because they ended up being filmmakers born and raised in Tim Burton's film school, which was very gothic and very morbid, which was not Mario's theme at all. However, they felt like Mario was I, I, let me strong just... enough. Let me just step in just real quick and not to correct you anything. I feel like that style of film might, and I say this very loosely, might have lended itself if they were to make a Luigi's Mansion movie. Yes. 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 That? Yes. Holy shit, yes. Had they done that and had that kind of talent for that, or just the vision for it, that still might not have been a great movie, but at least would have fit the mold better than what we certainly got in 93. I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm going to... Jump right back into that once I finish my first thought. But that, yes. Yes. So, uh, they wanted to give this opportunity to make the filmmakers to make a Mario film because they felt like Mario could stand up on its own. And the movie was shit. And then the film, you know, tanked, but it became a cult classic. However, Nintendo was correct. Mario's franchise was strong enough to stand up on its own. It had Mario 64. Mario Space Odyssey. No, that's not that's not it, was it? Yeah, no, there's Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah, that, you, and that's that, on the GameCube. And then there was Mario the Space one. Um, space, I want to say Space Odyssey. No, no, Mario's Odyssey is the one that came on the Switch recently. Galaxy? Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy. That's Mario it. Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Which I didn't, I 
played a little bit of, and I got addicted to it. Not gonna lie, I, I liked it. Because at the end of the day, their games are fun, and that doesn't. The movie doesn't take away from the fact that their games are awesome. Right. And the franchise itself is awesome. I mean, like I said, theme parks, toys, and all that. It's just they had a misstep with movies, and yeah. unfortunately, that was the beginning of video game movies like being terrible. But again, for those who did listen to our first episode, they'll remember that Super Mario Brothers 1993 was the very first video game film. And from there, it just defined the the cap of what movies could do for uh, video games. It was and on a, by the way, on a related note, um, we did a whole episode on why video game movies are awful. It's called, Why Are Video Game Movies Awful? We made that, I think, sometime in Season 3, so give that a listen as well if you're interested. But anyway, going back to what but you're yeah, saying. They, they, that set the bar for video game films. And up until recently, there haven't really hasn't been a great video game film. Now, uh, the controversy with the casting... Um, so, the animated series... Oh, I keep calling it the animated series, but it was live-action with a cartoon in it. Yeah. So the, 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 the live-action series, that was, a, that was a TV series. So there wasn't a lot of dialogue in the video games, which, which is what I was stressing. Uh, you, you'd have Toad... And then he'd, you'd read the problem. And Mario would go, woo-hoo! Right. And then, you know, he'd go and solve it. Here we go! You know? I, th- I mean, I this think the... F- a, I th- I'm sorry, but... Go for you. Let me just let me just wrap up this thought. This is a great opportunity for the voice cast to get some like really credible dialogue out. We we don't hear Mario talk. The funny thing is that Charles Martinet is the voice of Mario and Luigi, so he would have been dub- doing double roles. So it kind of makes sense that they split it up. However, Nintendo has the money power now with Mario to spend all this money on these lavish celebrity voice actors. Before, they probably would have, you know, done the same thing. B to C actors, somewhere in the between, hopefully, you know. Because Nintendo, because in the early 90s, Nintendo was getting bigger, they had success, but they weren't the behemoth that they are today by any stretch. Not then, no, but now they are. So it does make sense. Oh, we want to make a Mario movie? Great. We want to have the best of everything. We want the best actor. Who's the best actor? Well, that's really tough to define. But in a market-type setting, the best actors, whose movies that he or she is a star in the leading role... Which, fair enough with Chris Pratt, because of uh, the Avengers, yeah. yeah. Avengers, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic Park. What else is he in? He's star of Parks and Recreation. Right, so he's got... He's got, got the good power. resume. He's yeah. got the resume. Yes, he does. So it makes sense. They want top billing for Mario. Chris Pratt makes complete sense. Anya Taylor-Joy. She's a stud. Her voice is awesome. You know, I, I personally haven't seen her. Queen's Gambit, she was fantastic. Okay. Well, if she was fantastic, I trust your opinion. Charlie Day is Luigi. That's going to be interesting. I feel like you need to meme that. They're not going to be memeable. Yeah. But they, I wish they would, because I want... I want the Always Sunny cast to do that. It's just Yeah, me too. That yeah. would be awesome. Guys, jump on this. Make the Charlie Day meme where he's in the mailroom. Put Luigi there with red eyes, please. That'd be awesome. Yep. Michael Ke- uh, Keegan-Michael Kay is Toad. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. So now we've got two franchise leads in this film. Because Donkey Kong is its own franchise. And but it's... Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. I mean, I don't know who that is. Cranky Kong is just Donkey Kong's dad. 
Like, because in the very first... Oh. Oh. Yeah, because in the... Do you remember in... Did you yes. ever play uh, yes. Donkey Kong Country yes. at Super Nintendo? Yes. Yeah, the old guy that's sitting there at the beginning. Yeah. That, that's Cranky He's Kong. He's got the, 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 the crank, you know, turns down. Do, 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 do. Yes. Do, 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 yeah, that's do, Cranky. That's Cranky. Do, 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 do. And then Donkey Kong shows up. So... Freddy Mysterio is Cranky Kong. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. That kind of makes sense. Jack uh, Black is Bowser. Jack Bow- Black is Bowser. I don't... Jack Black is Bowser. See, I don't... I don't dislike Jack Black, honestly. I but... kind of want someone, like, with a grittier throat, kind of like... Well, because here's the thing is... Someone who you could hear, like, you listen to their voice and you think, oh yeah, they totally breathe fire. Right, but I don't get that with Jack Black. I mean, with Jack Black, I think of... Because he's been in anime movies with the Kung Fu Panda, I think of him talking in that tone and that expression. But it's got, <gasps> and I feel like, oh, just it doesn't work. It sounds funny in my head, but it will not work at all for this. Not for Bowser, I'm kind of thinking like, um, who was um, who was in the Wrestler? Do you remember the Wrestler? I don't know. Okay. Wait. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. I would like Mickey Rourke as Bowser because he's got that gritty, gravelly kind of. But I'm but I'm looking at this cast list and they're clearly trying to go for more of the sillyish slaps not slapsticky yeah. but definitely more of the silliest side because this movie's probably just gonna be rated PG and it's obvious market it's gonna be kids and it's gonna be the parents of those kids that played those games when they were kids to like you know to relive like you know fan servicey type things and that's where the I feel like that can make or break this movie from being good to not good because in my experience I've seen this with like the video game movies I've seen the more fan servicey you are. The worst the movie actually is just overall as like a product because yeah. if you appeal too much to the fans, you alienate the general audience seeing it. It's it's a balancing act because you don't want the movie to be a generic summer blockbuster, but you also don't want it to be too fan servicey. Yeah, I agree. The first time I recognized this in films in general was Spider-Man Three, Ugh. where they had Venom, the new Green Goblin. And Sandman, yeah. all in one. And I was like, there's three stories here. And you're cramming it all into one movie. Not only that, but you're actually taking time out of the story in the movie to do these like little, small, little, quick grab insert film uh, shots. Like, how, uh, who's the newspaper guy that's like, bring me pictures of Spider-Man? Oh. He's... I yeah, know. he's part of the uh, newspaper that Peter Parker, Jonah James Jonah Jonah Jameson something like that. Hold on, Spider. he's like, bring me pictures of Spider Man, and he's standing outside of the building while Spider Man is fighting Venom, Sandman, and the Green Goblin's little girl comes up to her and goes, "I got a picture. Do you want it?" And he's like, "Well, I've got professional videographers and videographers, and I don't need your stupid picture." And then something happens. And she's like, 200 bucks. And he whips out his wallet and starts paying her for her little child pink camera. And I was like, that's funny, yes. But in the middle of an action sequence... J.K. Simmons. Well, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Well, well, yeah, I just had to look up the actor who was bugging me. But anyway, go on. Uh, In the middle of an action sequence, you're going to take your audience out of the action sequence for a bit of comedy relief. Like... That doesn't that so when you're in an action sequence for anyone who's a film buff listening, God in sixty seconds the original nineteen sixty seven film. There's a chase scene that lasts thirty minutes, unbroken. There's no 
some woman's carrying a coffee and then, you know, she's laughing about, oh, well, I got a new dress today. <laughs> and then a car whizzes by and the coffee spills on her. No, 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 there's none of that shit. Camera's on the car the entire time, switching between who's chasing them and them being chased for 30 minutes straight. It's gorgeous. It's high octane. It's... The only, keeps your butt in the seat. The only other, the only other two movies I can think that's for me mirror that's experience watching that was, uh, the there was a movie in the I think it was late sixties or early seventies called Bullet. It was a chase scene where yes. the Mustang was chasing the the Charger, and it's not as long. I think that one was like only ten minutes, but even that was kind of a similar octane. And then one other one is various parts of uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, yes. That one, definitely. That one, the entire yeah, time, you're just glued there. to everything. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. It's, 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 it's carnage, but it's gorgeous. And it's gorgeous carnage. George Miller, who also did Happy Feet. <laughs> okay, random. <laughs> who also did Happy Feet, really knows how to do action sequences very well. Uh, but I digress. I was very upset with that in Spider-Man 3, and I can see this happening in the Mario movie. You, you, when you have your story specifically geared towards, like, fan service, that, that's your story. That's your story. Is well, oh, well, we're just going to have a Mario movie. Well, what's going to happen in the Mario movie? Well, we're going to get the vo original voice actor to do some cameos. Great. What, what is he going to do? Which is why I think for now, although, like I said, this movie st has another ten months before it's released, they need to, like, give us some snippets of, like, what the story's going to be about because I'm not saying... We need some Tenet-style crazy plot. But if it's going to be like your princess is another castle type of stuff, it's like, fine, but it's going to make people compelled enough to sit in their butts for 90 I minutes. I doubt that, actually. Because uh, that is the premise of the game. You know, the very first game, Mario has to go rescue Peach from Bowser. But that's Damsel in Distress. And in the culture today, Damsel in Distress is not do very well. Right, but that's the thing. That's what so practically what every Mario game is. Well, that... Yeah, it is, but... Do you think woke culture is going to let that fly? I mean, because it's an animated movie, and because this franchise... For pre children? Yeah, for children. I see your point. Honestly, I see your point. I, I can see where there might be an issue with that, but the, on the other hand, I'm of the opinion that if you go too far in the other direction where... So, my problem with... Just on a side tangent, my, some of my issues with the Avengers movies are they do this whole, you go girl with the, you know, Black Widow and other people, like, kicking ass. And the reason I have a problem with that is... They keep calling attention to it, like, hey, let's show her be awesome, be badass because she's a woman. And it's like, no, just have this person be badass. I mean, and I'm going to give you an example, two examples. In the original Alien movie. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. But also, Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. Yes! Both those, both those women in their respective movies were just badass. There wasn't this whole, like, oh, you go, girl. She can do it because she's awesome and she's a woman and she's also badass. It's like, no, they just are both badass and they do badass things and they kill the Terminator, or they... You know, kill the alien and they, you know, yeah, join the Terminator to terminate the Terminator. Right. Terminating right. her child. And there was this no, there was this no heck, there was this no whole exposition. Oh my God, that's a. That's a mouthful. I yeah. Know. There wasn't this whole exposition of them needing to tell the audience that like, oh, they're badass because they're women and they can do this. It's like, no, just have them do this. And I don't want that. If they don't do the damsel in distress, I also don't want them to go completely in the other direction where Peach is badass, but we have to remind the audience of that Peach is definitely a woman, and she, but she can also be badass. Just have Peach be badass if that was the angle you're going with. That's all I'm saying. That's right. I'm not saying... In this particular instance, that's going to be very difficult to do. No, it is. <laughs> but, but honestly, 
I, even despite the culture that we have today, I still feel like they'll do the damsel in distress, but it won't go full damsel. It won't be like Peach is completely useless like the early games where she just basically waits to get rescued. I think Peach will probably do stuff on her end to try and help her escape. Like, let's say Bowser kidnaps her, takes her up to the castle, she's trapped in the dungeon. She'll probably, I don't know, use a body pin, use some method to try and get herself out of the cage, try and sneak around the castle, find out Bowser's true plan, and then... As she's trying to get out, she runs into Mario, and then Bowser unleashes his full plan on the Mushroom Kingdom, and Mario has to come in and save the day. And probably Peach is going to help, and Charlie Day as Luigi will probably help too. That's, I know what I'm saying is very general and vague, but that's probably what the plot's going to be. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be curious, I am curious, to see what the plot becomes. Because right now, the reason, Pinpoint Players, that we're mainly going off of the wiki because very little information about this film has been released, so we're just kind of speculating and dreaming up ideas and also creating this content specifically in hopes that perhaps someone on the production gets sent this Although, they've, although like, they've probably shot and done everything, and this is like, they're in like, they're probably in the, um, what's, what's the final stage? Called? Yeah, they're probably in post, because with animated stuff, I mean, the voice stuff, the voice work probably doesn't take that long, but... To sync it up to the mouth movements of like the animation, that's probably where it takes forever. I mean, the Tron movie, the original, not the original, the new, oh my god, new. I mean, at this point, it's like 12 years old. The Tron movie from 29, 2010. Yeah. That, movie, that movie. That movie. It's the first it, movie I saw in 3D. I don't think I ever, I, don't, I didn't see it in 3D. I don't think I've ever actually. Gorgeous in 3D. The only movie I ever saw in 3D was the second Hobbit movie, and. That was that, painful. It was. It that was very painful. painful. Like that, that should have just been one movie, that entire trilogy. We could have a conversation about something like that in the future. Yeah. Anyway, all this to say is, like, fun fact, um, the Tron movie from 2009 or 2010, whichever year it was, um, all the scenes were only took two months to film, but it took an extra two years to do all the special effects and all the other stuff, the music and everything, to get that right. Because you saw the movie, you saw its effects. That takes forever. It does. Actually, it does. Fun fact about the Tron Legacy movie is that, yeah, it was the first, one of the first films to have de-aging where they de-aged Jeff Bridges, was it Clue character? Clue character. Yeah, he had a personality uploaded into the Tron Legacy, which was his personality at the time when he was right. in like the 80s, and they called him Clue. And that persona was played by Jeff Bridges, but the, Jeff Bridges is a 60-year-old man. He wasn't the 30-year-old man he was in the 80s, so they de-aged him. One of the first films to do that. Uh, as I mentioned, it was one of the first films I saw in 3D, there's a shot at the end of the movie where they're ascending an elevator to uh, a balcony, some sort of balcony, some sort of like hallway trajectory thing. That's the most beautiful 3D shot I've ever seen in my life. I need to give the movie another watch because I haven't... I've seen it once. It was about a year after it came out, and I was kind of mixed about it. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I just didn't know what to think because I'd seen the first Tron movie ages ago and barely remembered that going yeah. to the next one. And... It makes a leap. It makes a giant leap. Well, I mean, 30 years of, you know, special effects and whatnot will do that. CGI, I mean, it's going to be night and day. Anyway, getting back to Mario for a second. Ultimately, I think, if I might make one other, like, observation just about the cast, like, the other one I kind of wanted to mention was uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I, I worry that that part is going to be kind of overdone and kind of bordering on being ruined because when I think of Seth Rogen, I think of, like, the pot-smoking dude from Pineapple Express and all his other, like, potus movies and his, like... You know, there's an annoying voice, in the, <laughs> the type of laugh. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I wor <laughs> and I worry that just having yeah. that as Donkey Kong just will hurt 
I feel like hurt more than hell. I'm not saying it's going to ruin Donkey Kong's games or anything like that. People will still play their games. I'm just saying I feel like that's a casting choice that I actually like less than Chris Pratt as Mario. I feel like he doesn't belong as Donkey Kong. I mean, I, I just Seth Rogen, decent enough person, decent enough actor, but I don't think he belongs in this production whatsoever. You know who would I would like to replace Je- uh, Seth Rogen with? Who? Edris Elba. That'd be an interesting choice. That'd be a... Because Donkey Kong has this very strong physique about him, and Edris Elba has a very deep, strong voice, and it would match the character, in my opinion, pretty well. Right, versus Seth Rogen, the stonery type... Yeah. Laugh, dude. That doesn't, and I just, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't jive with it. So, unless this is some sort of character development that the production is keeping like under wraps, that like Donkey Kong becomes a giant stoner and is like a heavy set kind of, you know, (laughs) lazy guy. I don't see the voice matching the character. I don't at all. I I would. uh, Same with Jack Black. Uh, I, I, you know, I want Mickey Rourke to play. Bowser, because Bowser is this creature who's terrifying, and uh, does he run a kingdom? Yeah. Is, is he a king? He's a king. Bowser. King Koopa. I mean, yeah, that's his name. So, King Koopa, who's princess of the Mushroom Kingdom? You know, I never looked up the hierarchy or ranking system, but that's what I like to think. Okay, because I'm confused. This is where I'm getting confused now. King Koopa, Princess Peach... He kidnaps the princess, but who's the king in the in the King Princess Peach? Is it Toad? King Peach? I mean, I who's King Peach? Well, see, that's the thing. It's one. It's one of those things in the Mario franchise that if it's ever explained, it Mario. It's just he's a plumber. Yeah, he's a he's just he an, can't be a he can't yeah, be yeah. royalty. He's the, a peasant. He's a peasant's plumber. He's not good enough for the Peach. But somehow he is, because Peach loves him. Or, you or, know, or just, she loves him because he saves her. Or time. or it could just be a friend-zoning type of thing. Oh, thank you, Mario, for saving me. You're my best friend. Thank You're you, son. You're my so- friend. <laughs> Meanwhile, Luigi's over there. He's got his own mansion that's haunted. And he's just like, whoa. <laughs> just biding his time. Speaking of, remember how I mentioned to you that I would bring this up later in the episode? Past him, said it, and here's... Oh, oh yeah, Luigi's Mansion, yeah, hit me. Charlie Day wants to make Luigi's Mansion solo movie, and... He does? He does. And the uh, producers for the Untitled Mario movie have seen spinoffs and several movies being made off of this one film. So, here's an idea. Let's get the original crew from the Super Mario 1993 movie, <laughs> who I'm sure are desperate... Uh, are they still alive? Yes, of course they're alive. Dennis Hopper's... I thought, no, Dennis... No, Dennis Hopper's dead, yes. But the the film the film crew who made the movie... All right, let's alive. get the band back together. Yeah. They're going to be old with plenty of grays, but let's get them back together. Exactly. Let's, let's, let's bring this... Let's bring this cowboy for, full circle. Let's, let's get the crew back to make the Luigi's Mansion, solo movies, Charlie Day, bing, bang, boom. It's a great idea. I know, let's... Give me let's, money now. Let's let's make it happen, for now, with this movie. I mean, I, I honestly do hope it does well. I'm I'm just not that high on the casting list, but maybe I'll be proven wrong. But any events, we'll see. Movie comes out, you know, April seven next year. So what we'll likely do is do another episode afterwards after we've seen it and kind of give our thoughts on it. So, yeah. So as a trailer comes out, some sort of plot details, where it's gonna go. 
we're we're aiming for season five to be Nintendo centric. Where it's it's one of our favorite. Nintendo is one of our favorite video game franchises. And as we're getting deeper into this podcast, guys, we're five seasons in. We're really excited to be doing these episodes for you guys. But Rambo and I are just also excited to be doing this for ourselves. We're having a great time. We're good friends who get together and make a podcast. If you guys are interested in learning more, you can certainly visit us on our Instagram page where we post some memes about video games from time to time. We also have a DM section where you can some suggestions. You can say hi, chat with us if you'd like. That's Pinpoint Players on the Instagram. You can also reach us through our email portal. We still use the email, which is now considered snail mail to the snail mail of the snail mail era. But oh, everyone, um, everyone likes sliding in the DMs more these days. But yeah, our email is pinpointplayers at gmail.com. And lastly, if you liked our stuff, please give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It greatly helps with the outreach, and it helps us get to new listeners just like you guys. But with that said... Thanks for listening to our episode about the new Mario movie, and we'll be having follow-ups with this, so stay tuned for that. But until next time, take care, guys. Take it easy, Pinwood players.